for our Canadian lifters. Pure passion, real results, what you put in your body should matter. Pure Vita Labs PVL supplements are clean, tested, and approved. Powering athletes for over 25 years. They also power the KOTL podcast. You could trust PVL. Use code KOTL15 for partnership pricing at PVL.com. Six-pack lap it out. We got Aria Messi come Messi. And we're going to do a highlights of the Arnold Classic. Um, and Aria and I, I think you're going to take the lead on this one, kind sir. Sure, yeah. There's a, a few different events. We can go through them. So there's the Pro-Am. And then within the Pro-Am, they split up into separate days. So there's the amateur was on a separate day from the pro day. And then separate to that was the Pro Series Finals, which is the top people throughout the entire Pro Series made it to that finals. So we'll go through all three of those events. So I figure we'll start off with the amateur side, which the amateur side has no money in it. It's just you win a pro card to get into the pro series. So on the women's side, the winner was Christiane Hazard, who hit a 539 dots, perfect nine for nine days. So she got the pro card and now she gets into the pro series for this new year, 2023 to 2024. Um, And then from there, some other lifters, Laisha Gardner got second, 523 dots. Frida de la Pena got third, 512 dots. Jessica Tesoro got fourth, 503 dots. And then Kira Wilson got fifth, 495 dots. Um, they had an additional thing that if you hit as a female, 550 dots in a pro qualifier meet and you don't win, you get a pro card, but no one got that. So it was just Christiane on the women's side that got the, uh, the pro card. And then real quick, I'll go over to the men's side and then we can discuss if you want is... On the men's side, first place was Rondell Hunt, 577.8 dots. Second was Keenan Lee, 575.2 dots. And they both got their pro cards. So Rondell got it because he won. And then Keenan got it through the extra qualifier. So any male who hits 575 dots gets in. So he hit that 575 on his second attempt to get his pro card. Um, so that locked him in. And then third place was Kyle De Leon, 558 dots. Fourth was Neil Osano, 547 dots. And then fifth was Soon Jubril, 541 dots. So those were your top five on both sides. Yeah, I mean, Rondell Hunt totaling 1,002.5 kilos as a 120. Or I guess, sorry, it's a, it'd be a 125. What did he actually weigh in at, though? He weighed in at 118.72. Okay. So he he would he could be obviously be under 120 as well. So we could compare him globally as well in that in that respect. Absolutely monstrous total. I mean, we hadn't seen a 120 anywhere in the world total over a thousand like that. I know Dennis Cornelius had done a thousand, um, I believe, but I think he was over 120 when he did. Yeah, I think it. he was like maybe 125 or something around there. Yeah. I mean. Just an absolutely, and Dennis Cornelius was ahead of his time. Crazy total put up by Rondell Hunt um, and solidifying his pro card. And it's going to be very interesting to see what Rondell ends up doing moving forward. I mean, that is a, he was a a massive loss by the IPF when they, when they suspended this young man. And then he was forced to go the USAPL route and look what he's doing now. I mean, it was a, he's a special talent. We'll see what he does at, at, at nationals. Um, and I'm, I'm wondering how they slot him in at nationals. Cause obviously he's, um, from Trinidad and Tobago. So 
I'm not sure how that works if he's going to be a guest lifter, but he can't be the national champion or how that's going to go. Yeah, I'm not sure either because we were talking about Keenan Lee. Like Keenan Lee is part of South Korea. He's competing in the South Korean meets. I figured he'd do the nationals for South Korea that whenever they do it this year. But he's saying he's coming to Memphis to come to the U.S. nationals. So maybe, yeah, because it is part of the pro series and now they have their pro cards and they're in their pro series, maybe they just send those international pro lifters can come to the U.S. nationals, compete in the pro series, but then you're guest lifters, you're not fighting for placing or anything like that. And you can maybe still set your own national you know, records. I believe Keenan's a dual citizen, if I remember correctly from his podcast. But but, but, um, but yeah, again, like I we had discussed too, is like, I don't know what USAPL's rules are. Can you compete yeah. for both? Do you have to select one country and represent that country? We'll see. Yeah, I mean, yeah. How many national titles can you win in one year? Yeah. And then for Keenan's total, he did 952 weighing in 104.5. Yeah. So he's essentially, again, if you want to compare him globally, if it's an easy comparison when he's actually under 105. It's an easy comparison for Rondell when he's actually under 120. What gets more difficult is when guys are like the 67 and a half and they start comparing them globally to the 66s, that kilo and a half is a lot bigger. The smaller you get a kilo and a half of body weight, it's getting tougher and tougher to do a direct comparison like that. Uh, but these gentlemen nestle right underneath so it's it's really easy to compare globally and um hang on to that 952 which is a fucking phenomenal total for a 105 of course he's competing in the 110s but he's also going to be compared to globally under the 105s but when we talk about ashton and his performance i mean these gentlemen are close uh but he pushed ashton the, the difference is of course keenan started missing some key lifts and it wasn't, if if you go to his Instagram and his recap, I mean, it's a phenomenal day still, obviously. Yeah. But he wasn't totally happy with what he put forth and he thinks he could put forth more, uh, which is, I mean, I don't know, that's pretty crazy. I, we'll see what he does at Megan Ats. Him and Ashton head to head once again, because we all remember when it happened in South Korea, Ashton won on body weight with his last deadlift. That is going to be a battle. Um, and we'll see what Bob ends up choosing. I don't want to skip ahead. Sorry, sir. But, uh, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. I was just going to add in there. Yeah. Keenan missed all his third attempts and still hit that 952 total. It's so it's crazy what his numbers would have been if he hit. And I wonder how soon he came over. So I don't know if he was like, you know, still in South Korea and maybe flew over and maybe that, that time zone change and flying everything like that affected him, or if he was already here, but if it is, maybe he only could come, you know, a couple of days early because of work, or whatever else. Maybe that gives him good data for Memphis. He can't he can't do that. He might have to try and force um, some way to come in earlier to make sure, you know, he's recovered and on point to be able to hit those third attempts because he is going to be battling with Ashton and Rondell and Bob and all these other guys. Yeah, Ashton head to head, possibly Bob as well head to head. And then um and then on dots, all of them. So yeah, I, I'm not entirely sure what happened there, but I know he wasn't fully pleased with it. And obviously he was missing some lifts, but well, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. And on the women's side, Christiane, who won, it's a little bit harder to compare her total to like IPF side because of her body weight was 59.99. So she falls right in, but she hit 486.5 kilo total. So really solid if, if that's a 63 and you're not even filled out, maybe she can get up to, you know, 500, um, which is a, a big number for a 60, 63 kilo lifter. It's definitely decent. I mean, the 63 has got some killers though, like Meg Scanlon, you know, uh, Kiara Bernardi. 
if if we're going 63, um, they're like getting close to like 520 and up. Gara is 540 and up, and then Leah Bavala 550 and up. I mean, 63s are monsters, but uh, but yeah, 500 and up is definitely it's competitive. It's just it depends on any given day. But she is she, 60s, three kilos of body weight's a lot. She could do a like put on a lot of strength if she was to put on three kilos. But she's who knows what her plans are, right? But you're, it's true. Some of these some of these weight classes are easy to compare globally, and some of them are not. You're like, am I comparing you to 57s? Am I comparing you to 63s? Maybe we can't compare you at all, right? Yeah, and and she definitely had more than a tank because when I saw her 179 squat, which was a record, it looked like she had more in her. So. Um, she had more on her that day and also she's only 23 years old. So she's got, you know, young lifter, plenty of room to continue to grow. Mm. Fair um, enough, sir. You want to jump over to the pro event now? Let's do it. So the pro event just happened today. So on the women's side, I'll do the, uh, we can do the top five again. So first was Avelia Lou, 520 dots, perfect nine for nine day. Second was Charlie Leonard, 506. Third was Margaret Nicase, 500. Fourth was Daniela Mello, 499. And then fifth was Salon Lewis, 496.9. And so this was actually pretty close because it looks like it came down to the very end for Margaret versus Danny. And then also came down to the very end with Solana versus uh, Mariah because they were basically, you know, 0.5 dots apart from each other. And how much money are they making uh, winning this one? um for this one i gotta pull it up on the instagram account i didn't see them posted on the usapl like arnold page they had posted as an instagram post a while back so if you give me a second i can go back i think it might have been a couple thousand for first but let me see and all um i also have uh the recap there for lou who hit um, yeah, 162.5 kilo squat, 90 kilo bench, and a 195 kilo deadlift. And she's lifting in this in the she weighed in at 55.66 kilos, so just under a 56 kilo class. I mean, she's strong, man. She's got and and she's she's young too, and she's got plenty of room to grow as well. And going a perfect nine for nine day. That's how you build your totals and get it in, uh, especially in in a in a professional setting when the money's on the line. You can't afford to miss lifts. Yeah, I'm trying to see it. They may not actually have it. This post only shows like the series finals for the open and the masters and the bench and the equipped. So, and I didn't watch today as far as the award to see how much it was. So I'm not sure how much they end up winning for this one. Um, and then on the men's side, we had uh, first place Anas Ambar, 534 dots. Second was Chris Perez, 530. Third was Lorenzo Wright, 526. Four was Gerald Scott, 524. And fifth was Jonathan Hill, also 524. So that was also close where Anas and Chris were battling it out to the very end. And Anas was ahead on second deadlift. Chris missed the final delve to try and pull for the win. And then it was a battle between third, fourth, and fifth because they were at 526.3, 524.2, and 524.1. So it came down to the very end. Lorenzo Wright is the one who had the perfect nine for nine day and got the final deadlift to go ahead of Gerald and Jonathan. And Gerald missed second and third deadlift, and Jonathan hit missed his second and passed on his third. So I'm not sure again what the payouts were. If there was payouts for like third, fourth, fifth, or maybe third, and Lorenzo pulled and, and jumped in there for that third place. 
it's a nine for nine. I want to know um, what exactly happened with Jonathan Hill. I've, I'd been watching his training and he was, he had some big lifts, um, but you never know if somebody got injured or a possible, like he's what he weighed in at 96.96. Like, so it wasn't like he's, and obviously this is a pro series too. And it's on dust. So you don't even need to cut at all if you don't want to. So I'm not sure what happened with him. Cause he had a bit of, he had, he had been missing quite a few lifts here and um, ended up not coming out for his last deadlift either after just yeah. getting his opener. Yeah. And it looks like at nationals last year, he weighed in at 94.3. So he's actually gained weight since then. And at nationals, he hit 325 here. He missed 325 and 327. Um, it looks like 325 was a red card and a blue card. So maybe depth and then something else like soft knees. The third one was all yellow. So maybe he just straight up missed it. And then the second Delif was all yellow. So maybe he just straight up missed that one. So yeah, it could have been something going on or whatever. And then he got called for depth on the second one and maybe went extra deep on the third and missed it or whatever like that. Um, and then let me switch over and take a look at the, uh, the totals real quick and see if anything stands out there as well. Total. So it was, it was a good battle between um, Danny and Margaret in the 82.5. So they both weighed a bit very similar. And um, Danny pulled 220 at the end to get a 537.5 kilo total. And then Margaret pulled 235.5 for a record and to get 538 um, total. So she was lighter anyways, but she ended up pulling the record and uh, winning on total by half a kilo as well, which helped bump her up as well in the dots to uh, beat her out. Um, some of the other totals, let's see. The the lady who won Avila or Avilia did 447.5 kilos at 55.6. So solid total for the uh, 57 kilo class if you're trying to like compare that. And then on the men's side, let's see. Anas did a 742.5 at 74.5 kilos. So basically right there around 10 times body weight. And um, he's up there with like, you know, the Eddie Berglins and, and those guys, you know, after, after Taylor, there's a whole group that's at like 725 to 745. So he's right in that range. Yeah, there's a, it's, yeah. Taylor stands alone. He's <laughs> definitely an outlier when it comes to 74, 75 kilo class range. Yeah, but you know some of these guys keep progressing. Like Anas keeps progressing. Joe Bornstein, which we'll talk about in a second, keeps progressing. Uh, Eddie's moving up. We'll see how he progresses. Austin Perkins, we'll see. You know, coming off of those injuries and stuff like that, if he can get back to that 800 kilo number. I'm trying to see what our total is here. Yeah, Austin is capable. Um, I mean, he he has entered into the 800 kilo range, which is awesome. He's just got to return back to form, and then and then some. And he's he's young, man. He's capable. Yeah. Um, so those are the ones that really stood out to me on the pro side. And we can now jump into the the big show, the pro series final. So that had the 10 best men and 10 best women from the pro series, that I said, from last year. And then they were battling it out here. So going into the women's side first, first place was Celine Crum, 559 dots, perfect nine for nine day. Second was uh, Sam Calhoun, 547. Third was Jasmine Penn, 535. Fourth was Jen Thompson, 521.6. And fifth was Gabby Martinez, 521.3.
So this one was a, a great battle overall as well. Cause it was like, you know, kind of Celine versus Sam, but also like Jasmine's other people had some shots to get in there. And then as things started developing, it was like, you know, Jasmine trying to kind of hold on to third place. And then like Jen Thompson, Gabby, and all these other people trying to come in and steal spots. Um, I had read Sam Calhoun. Well, first off, a little surprise on Sam Calhoun's body weight here. Like previously at the Virginia Pro, she was 65.3 kilos. Um, at the Arnold last year, 2022, she was 66.2. And then at Mega Nash, she was 61.7. And here she's 60 kilos. So there's quite a bit of fluctuation on her body weight. I don't know if this is on purpose or what her overall goals are in terms of where she wants to rest at, where she wants to compete with. Um, but it's interesting because she was rather light and uh, reading her Instagram as well. Her training went well right up until the last week. And then coming into this, she had no idea how she, she started developing hip pain and had no idea where she was going to end off at. So her total wasn't, it wasn't, you know, we're not talking, um, blowing the doors back and turn with mega PRs, et cetera, and moving the needle that way. But the body weight was low dealing with an injury and still putting forth the day she had. So it was a scrappy performance by Sam Calhoun. I am interested in seeing where she's going to end up. Well, why is the body weight dropping? It might've just happened and it's, it was just life. Right. But, uh, or it might be a calculated decision and she's trying to move into a different weight class. I don't know. Or maybe it was just because of dots. Maybe it was, I'm going to cut and this is on dots and I just want to get as, as light as possible. But there's a pretty big difference between um, this year and last year, or her the Virginia Pro, where she was 65.3. I mean, that's a a, a decent amount of body weight dropped. From, yeah, just from December. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure either. I didn't see her post anything about it um, to see whether she was like purposely trending down or whatever for dots, or if it was like, yeah, maybe she tweaked something and had to miss out on some sessions and maybe stressed a little bit and then came up a little bit lighter. Or maybe she meant to be like 62 point something, whatever. Um, but it could have been a calculated move in that like Sam and Celine have similar numbers as far as the total. And so if maybe Sam comes in a little bit lighter, then she'll have the points to beat her. Um, because even on like when it was on openers, Sam was ahead of everyone. And as after like squats, Sam was still ahead of everyone. And after bench, Sam was still ahead of everyone. And then finally, when it came down to deadlifts and, you know, Celine takes some bigger jumps, that's when she finally like, you know, was able to pull away. So Sam was definitely, you know, one of the favorites going in and was kind of like leading the way based on that body weight until kind of deadlifts where uh, Celine started pulling away enough. And speaking of Celine, the machine, six competitions in a row, nine for nine. Her consistency, and that's how you build totals, it's freaking insane. She just doesn't miss. And not only, it's easy to go nine for nine if you're constantly staying in the pocket, but she's slowly adding these PRs and they're starting to catch up and her totals just getting bigger and bigger each and every time. Uh, she's a strength guy athlete. How much of her training are you, do, you, do you get to see like leading into these? Uh, not a whole lot though. She's coached by Jason and, and Tori. So, you know, they already have two coaches uh, working with her. And then... Um, you know, meet day handling. Sometimes her, her husband helps her out or they, you know, hire someone to help out as well with the, with the husband. So they kind of have it covered every once in a while in our, in our group chat. Like, you know, if we want help or something like that, like Jason will post, you know, someone's training video or I'll post someone's training video. Hey, what do you think about depth or what do you think about elbow depth or this or that? So there may have been times where like, you know, Jason posted something in there, but, um, for the most part, I, ha I hadn't been following it too much, but, um, 
Yeah, I mean, it was funny watching the live stream and hearing the commentators talk about how she always goes nine for nine. She gets all all white lights and everything like that. And so like she goes and does a third squat and stands up with it. And it's kind of like a a moment of just like waiting to see, is it going to be white lights? Like, is she going to go all her squats again? And then on bench, that third bench, like coming off the chest was like a little bit slow and she hit it into like another second gear and and grind it out. So like the commentators were like stressing out, like as soon as it slowed down, like, oh, is this going to be the miss? Like, do we jinx her? <sighs> and then she gets it. And then for the deadlifts, um, the, the third one was a bit of a grind, but she has like a little bit more of a rounded back and she grinds throughout lockout. And, and the commentators like, oh, I've seen her grind out with more or whatever. So they weren't stressed by the end. It's um, it's like she's also since moving into like up a weight class because previously she's in the 60 kilo weight class moving into the 67.5 kilo weight class now she's hovering underneath 63 kilos so she hasn't filled out 67 and a half but since moving up um she was 510 then 512 and a half now 515 and she made those comments where um you know nine for nine performances and just nudging up Two and a half kilos, it adds up after a while. And now, it, I mean, it's led to leading and winning the pro series. But that's that small progress. She made a big jump when she initially moved up to 20 kilos on her, uh, well, 18 to 20 kilos on her total. And then after that, just small progress, chipping away, going nine for nine at the big meets and um, and slowly moving that needle. And now she's like 515. You know, that's a competitive total. We're yeah. comparing it to. Yeah. And then there's definitely like a number of variables there. Like for, for some people, when they switch to a different coach and have a different programming style, they initially get like a bigger effect from that training style. And then once you're used to that training style, it has like a little bit of less of an effect. So that could be something there as well. And then another thing that um, Jason and I discussed is, um, you know, there's pros and cons to whatever side you pick and, and the meats that you pick and everything like that. One of the cons maybe to this pro series is how many meets you may have to do depending on how good you are to get into the finals and then doing the finals. So Celine having to do, um, you know, the Arnold last year and then to get into the pro series and then nationals and then Virginia pro and then the Arnold. And then she wanted to throw in the Carolina prime time as well for like fun with her friends, everything is she did a lot of meets, especially end of the year. So she did October Carolina prime time, two months later, less than two months later, Virginia pro in December, and then now less than three months later doing the, the pro series finals. So it's hard to progress when you're doing the meets that back to back and peaking your body. So for some of these lifters as well, you can see for Sam Calhoun and these other lifters, it can be tough to push your body through that kind of peaking cycle and push yourself for like a high level meet to try and win money or national titles and all that kind of stuff. But now they should hopefully get a break because now the nationals not till September. So a lot of these others can get more time off season to recover and then be able to build their strength up for, again, pushing for this pro series. It'll be interesting to see if they start filling out the 67 and a half as well. Um, Cause they're light. I mean, all of these lifters are pretty light. Even Jen Thompson who weighed in at 65.5 uh, amongst those ladies in that weight class, the heavier, she's still two kilos below the top limit. It's, it's interesting. They chose like that weight class limit when all these top end lifters don't seem to be filling it out, usually um, you see lifters have to cut down and they're actually like around coming in around 70 kilos and cutting back down. So I'm not sure which way they're going to go. If they're going to drop down a weight class, uh, move up a weight class or just slow bulk it. Um, I mean, you don't want to just, I mean, it's a lot of weight to just drop all of a sudden, but there is room to grow and these totals will grow with it. And speaking of Jen Thompson though, Holy smokes, man, 146 kilo bench press. And how old is Jen Thompson right now? She's a Masters 2 now, 1973. So she turns 50 this year, and that was a record for Masters 2. 
that is freaking insane um that she's like half a century old and still benching like she's benching and putting up totals like she's putting up and is competitive as she is um she is definitely one of like she's a, she's a living legend it, it it was great to see her um lift at that meet and yeah she weighed in a little bit light again maybe that could have been strategy for the points and it seems like it may have helped her out because yeah she dropped like two kilos from her last meet in body weight and then her bench only dropped two and a half kilos some people drop much more almost like two to one and even then her 146 looked like she had more in her but you know that could have been strategic as far as what numbers they need everything like that and then doing the typical deadlift jump open up 165 jump straight to 195.5 for a record and that put it in a good position as far as the placing um, because if you're looking on lifting cash or after a fact go look in the database you'll see that moved her into fourth place above gabby and then gabby would have needed to make her third to jump back up so once jen missed and gabby missed then jen was locked in at fourth place so some people may have counted out Jen Thompson, maybe thought she was going to get, you know, sixth, seventh or eighth or whatever, not to be able to keep up with these other ladies. And she came in and, and stole the show a little bit and, and took fourth place and got some money. And um, Jasmine Penn returning, uh, a longtime veteran of the game at the elite level, world level, the whole nine. And but missing two benches and missing her third pull, still coming into third place, though, nevertheless. And she's also a little light. Um, weighing in at 73.04, but you never know because this is what's going to help your dots. It's no longer now, um, you know, filling out a weight class and getting the most out of it. It'll be interesting to see what she decides to do when she goes into the mega nationals though. Um, I don't, is there anybody who can really, not to make a mega nationals is plenty far away, but in the 75 kilo class, who can really press her right now in the U S nationals? Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure off the top of my head. Um... I would have to look as well. Yeah. Yeah, and then I'm um, just looking at her total real quick. Yeah, she did 542.5, which is, uh, you know, five kilos off her best. So she definitely had a potential there for a PR. You know, if she had made one one more bench or made that final deadlift or maybe taken some lower numbers, she had definitely a PR total in there as well. And again, yeah, maybe the lighter body weight was uh, strategic. Um, depending on how much people want to want to cut, like they might feel like, oh, I can cut a little bit. And it won't affect me too much and it'll help me my dots. But if I cut like too much and commit fully to a weight class or whatever, or below the weight class, then that'll be, you know, too detrimental and they won't do that. Because some of the lifters, especially when we go to the men's side, we'll, we'll go over how they didn't cut to their normal weight class. They stood a little bit heavier. Um, but yeah, Jasmine overall still did a, a great job. Had no issues on depth on her her squat. And then the Delif, I think it was just a lockout issue, which she sometimes has. It looks like maybe the, the knees aren't locked out, those kind of things. Yeah, looking at um, Jasmine's body weight for the previous competition. So she was at 73.5 Virginia Pro, 73.5 Mega Nats. And then the competition before that, she was 74.6. So maybe she's just more comfortable at that body weight and um, doesn't want to go over and then cut down into. But uh, I mean, whatever works best for you, right? I think she's definitely... At this point in the in the USAPL, the lead and uh, the the early favorite, anyways, in terms of the seventy fives, but people pop up out of nowhere, so we'll have to see what happens. Uh, September's a long ways away, too. Yeah, yeah. You want to take a look at the uh, men's side next? Let's take a look at the men's side, sir. So on the men's side, first place was Bob Matthews, five eighty three dots. Second place with Ashton Rowska, five seventy nine. Third was Daniel Clements, 556. 
Fourth was Joseph Bornstein, 554.6. And then fifth place right behind him, Angelo Fortino, 554.5. So this was, a again, really close battle between Bob versus Ashton. And then really close battle from there down. Daniel, Joe, Angelo, um, Jared Martin, even Sean Noriega tried to do a big pull to jump in the third. So it, it was definitely a battle there for the third place and down on the men's side. Um, Jared Martin hitting a monster 388 kilo squat. Holy freaking smokes, <laughs> man. Um, what is that into the, that's 855. Let me double check this in terms of the conversion at the pounds. Yeah. 855 kilos of our, sorry, pounds, um, monster, monster squat on him. Sean Noriega, Coming in with it, I mean, it's total, I don't know, his body weight is still relatively low. And I'm expecting him to go back to 82.5 for Nationals. Because he had been saying, like, for the Pro Series, it doesn't really matter, obviously, right? Um, but at one point, he was going to bulk up and move into the 90 kilo class. I don't know if he's still going to go that route. I got a feeling he's going to go 82.5 because um, his body just likes hovering around that weight class anyways. Yeah, I could see that as well. And maybe they were testing out um 90s to see if like is the body weight a factor is he cutting you know and inspecting him too much and i believe um his coach steve denovia said like he doesn't think it's the weight cut he thinks other things like just the technique that sean uses can be very variable with the very wide stance and the huge arch on bench and like that so it's just hit or miss and so maybe they said okay let's start working our way back to 82.5 we have plenty of time till nationals we'll kind of test out a middle ground here and this is probably one of the the best meets Sean Noriega ever had. I know he got seventh place. And I know he missed his final deadlift, but it was probably one of the best meets ever had. The three squats, he crushed all of them. Depth was good, no issues there. On um, bench, he was getting like maybe one red light. He just has a weird bench where he like kind of touches the bar sideways. One side touches and and depends on how fast of press command he gets that kind of stuff. But his feet his feet were sliding the whole time on the floor too. But three for three on bench. Next thing you know, Sean's eight for eight and and he's there to do a big pull for for the bronze medal. And uh, he just couldn't get it. It was too big of a jump. And I think it was like maybe slipping out of his hand or something like that. Um, so it was just a little bit too much. But if this wasn't like a pro series finals, he wouldn't have to have done a 22.5 kilo jump. He could have done like a 10 kilo jump and got a 830 total or maybe like a 15 kilo jump. and got 835. So that's a good sign for him that, you know, if he can figure out this weight cut down to 82 and a half, he's got plenty of time to do it and then put that kind of performance up and not have to do the monster deadlift that maybe he can keep up with these other 82 and a half because his PR total is 825. That's right. Yeah. So he could have maybe done 830, 835 on that day. Yeah. And that's the big thing is that last pull, which was a bit of a hell of Mary um, and, and you have to do it. But if he weighed in at 82.5 and had done a smaller pull, we're talking into the 830s. And there's very few people in history who've made the 830s. You know, Brett Gibbs, Jamar and Russ he would have joined that class, 830 and up. So his strength is rising. Even if the total that he's put forth on that day might not fully indicate it, there's more to the picture when you actually look at the score sheet and be like, ah, that's why he loaded up on that last deadlift. And um, if he didn't, and he was just looking to go nine for nine and see the biggest total possible, as opposed to the highest dots and he's rallying against other competitors, he would have been I more than likely 830 and up. Definitely in in the mix, and he had he had spoken to that as well in uh, in his Instagram post recapping. He said, "When you look at the numbers, it's not going to fully indicate how I felt on the day. 
um, because you, you got to play the hands you're dealt. I mean, it's a sport, right? Yeah. And, and looking at some of the other totals, since, you know, you, you like your, your totals, even though it's a, a dots battle, but there were still some good totals out there. So I'm looking real quick. Um, Demetria Thotten in the 47s, she weighed 47.04. She told 397.5. So she's right there on that 400 kilo barrier as well. Uh, I thought she had a little bit more in her on her squad as well. So maybe on that day, she could have broken it. Um, Sam did the 495 total at 60.2. Um, Gabby Martinez at 515 at 69.8. Celine also did 515, but at 62.06. Um, let's see who else. On the men's side, Ashton did 960.5, basically at 105. Um, Jared Martin did 963 at 124. Sean did the 820 at 85. Bob Matthews did 937.5 at 97. Um, Daniel Clements did 725 at 67.9 and Joe Bornstein did 765 at 74 basically. So the, the two on the men's side that really stood out to me was Ashton doing 960.5 as a 105 and Bob doing a 937.5 as a 100. He's got to figure out wh where he wants to go. So this is okay. So in terms of Ashton, he said this wasn't the big super meat he was chasing and hoping for but he's happy with it i mean whenever you're doing 960 and he's he could fit in as a 105 it again this is this is crazy freaking numbers to try to compare him to the only person we have in the 105 is going to battle him out a battle with him on any kind of terms where it's going to go down to the last deadlift is probably going to be keenan i'm wondering though i was surprised bob ended up weighing it at 97.56 and I'm wondering if he's going to enter back into that weight class and battle them head to head. Cause he can, especially with added body weight. Now it makes, it totally makes all the sense in the world uh, because the pro series is based on dots. And I mean, how are you going to argue with a win? You know, he won the pro series. This is the first USCPL pro series. And, and now he's the winner, the inaugural champion. You look back in the record books. That's always going to be the case. King of the USAPL. He was the best lifter at Mega Nats. Now he's a Pro Series winner. He's collecting these wins, so I 100% get it. Um, but I do wonder, is are we going to see the head-to-head? -head? If he stays in a 100-kilo class, I don't know many people are going to be able to push Bob um, in a head-to-head. -head. I mean, he's just a freak athlete. But if he moves up, and he doesn't have to move up a lot, and it looked like previously he was, are we going to see Bob versus Ashton versus Keenan? That is a triple header battle um, amongst the best of the best. And that's really the, the can't miss. I don't mind the dots battles. All right. It's, 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 it's fun enough, but there's nothing quite like a head to head. And uh, I'm not saying we were promised that we are for sure with Ashton and Keenan. Both of those men have gone on the record on the podcast saying, we're going to go head to head and sort this out. And, and now that, um, you know, Keenan's got his pro card, but regardless, they're going to clash at nationals. But I'm very interested in seeing what Bob decides to do. He's collecting. He did all the right moves in terms of establishing himself as the king of the USAPL. Winning best lifter, winning the pro series. Um, I mean, it, it's Bob, right? But I, I would really love to see Bob go head to head with somebody. How much body weight he's got to put on. I mean, he was relatively light here. Um, I'm a little bit surprised at that. But, yeah, he uh, weighed in um, 101.4 at the Virginia Pro, so about four kilos less. And basically lot, had the uh, the same dots. He scored like 0.5 more dots here, so it helped him out very very low. But 
at the Virginia Pro, he hit 952.5. So you got Keenan at 952, Bob at 952.5, and Ashton at 960.5. So it definitely is very interesting if Bob decides to fill back out for, you know, nationals and everything like that. He's got plenty of time. Or if he's going to decide to just stay 100 and then have Keenan and Ashton do one, uh, 110 and then have Rondell do one, 125 or whatever it is. The thing is, okay, it didn't super help his dots, like you said, um, despite dropping weight. Now, he didn't know that, though. This is 2020 hindsight. I get it. Because he ended up on this day um, missing two of his benches and missing his third deadlift. So he's probably thinking, if I could comfortably drop some weight and maintain the strength, holy shit, is my dots going to blow up? Didn't end up working that way. So I get it. Um, you know, if if he knew... I'm going to cut this body weight and my dots actually isn't going to improve greatly. I might as well be big and strong and just see what the heck I can do. But you don't know that until after you try it out. I, I, I would love to see him go <laughs> head to head with Keenan and, and Ashton, but, uh, and he could put the body weight on it, but I'm going to have to ask him. Yeah. And it looks like that final Delif may have been just to like get him to a PR total would have gotten, I think 955. So he could have done less than that and got a, you know, better total and better dots and maybe made some improvement. But yeah, I think everyone wants to see them three battled out. And then it would have been, it would be crazy you know, how stacked the one Oh fives is like, what if we could have gotten them all at one fed? What if, you know, you had Bob and Ashton for USA and Keenan for South Korea and you got Anatoly and you got all these other people like that would be stack that there would be like that many lifters that can go 900 plus and some of you can go you know 927.5 or 937.5 plus and it would be a epic battle yeah you got people in 920s 930s 940s and 950s and now 960s i mean it's freaking crazy stacked um i mean and they're big men 105 and all these fellas fit underneath the 105 nice and comfortably it's a 231 pound man I mean, these are, these are big dudes. Usually the most populated weight classes are the ones that people are walking around like in the street. And, uh, it's the most average, the average size man, the average size woman, but these guys are big, thick boys. If you're walking around at 230 pounds or around that range. Um, so it's, it's like a, a unique era that the one Oh fives is this competitive, the one tens, the one hundreds all in that body range. Um, but yeah, I mean, Bob, Ma I mean, hats off to Bob Matthews, man. Talk about a banner 2022 and now 2023, you know, kicking it off with the USAPL win and then taking the pro series like this. Um, he's really come into his own. Um, he hasn't done a recap post, so I'd like to see to get his recap. And by the time this comes out, maybe he has put up as a recap, but I would like to hear about, um, the decision to cut. Yeah, what the battle plan was and if he was going to go nine for nine and then um, if he's going to make that decision again. And I wonder if the cut actually affected the bench, affected, you know, some of his day in ways that he didn't foresee. Yeah. And then with um, Ashton, it looks like that's the most he ever weighed. So it looks like the most before was like 103.8. And so now he's up to 104.8. So he, he was committed to it and it's obviously helped out his total and his bench seems to be healthy now. And I just wanted to mention as well, that second deadlift, he was pulling sumo and he missed his second deadlift. Like it's sometimes with these guys or, or, or women that have bigger legs, it can sometimes on sumo get stuck on the legs. Sometimes your grip can start slipping out as your hand drags on your legs as well. So he posted something about how he went up to Marcellus and he was like, Hey, do you trust me? And Marcellus says, yeah. 
uh, and then they kind of both knew exactly what it was going to do. And, and he switched to conventional for the final deadlift and, and got it. And grip was an issue. Lockout was an issue. So he potentially had some more on him that day. So um, I'm not sure which one or if he was training both of them in training and how I was feeling. But yeah, in another world, maybe he would have pulled conventional 375 second and then shot for first place on a third and forced Bob to have to uh, pull for the win. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the benefit of being a switch hitter, right? Where you could do both if you need to. Um, and watching it unfold, man, Ashton had a whole lot of positive momentum moving forward. He was smoking his lifts. And afterwards, when he was celebrating, you knew he was on fire. It was difficult because Bob had a lead, even if he was missing, uh, because of the lighter body weight and the, just the way the dots was working out. But Ashton on the flip side was, he was hitting and he was, you, you could just tell when somebody's on fire. I mean, Ashton was going to have a good day. Um, and then when deadlifts come and he misses a lift, he does the proper adjustments and says, let's go. But 960 min is a monster total. And he's, and he's to your point, starting to commit a little bit. You know, he's not moving down. He's going to, he might as well put on a little extra weight. Let's see if, if Keenan does a little more, a little extra weight as well. And, uh, and let these fellas go head to head. Cause even him and Keenan, eight kilos is not much, especially when you're talking about 950 to 960, eight kilos is very little, you know, that could be a bench jump. So these fellas are still neck and neck. Yeah. And they did post the prize money for this one. So this one was uh fifth place was a thousand dollars. So that was uh Gabby on the women's side, Angel on the men's side. Fourth place was two thousand dollars. So that was Jen Thompson and Joe Bornstein. Third place was three thousand five hundred dollars. So that was Jasmine Penn and Daniel Clements. Second place was seven thousand five hundred dollars. So that was Sam Calhoun and Ashton Rauschka. And then first place was $12,000. So that was Celine Crum and Bob Matthews. And then I've been trying to track all the meets since the 2021 Virginia Pro of who won and how much money. And so from the 2021 Virginia Pro in December, so it's a little bit more than, than a year, is Ashton actually overall still made more money. So he made 24500 oh, versus wow. Bob won 22500 So very close. Um, it really came down to... Um, the 2021 Virginia Pro, Ashton won way more. And so that kind of gave him enough of a, a lead. And then on the women's side, Celine Crum was the highest with 20,000. And then Sam Calhoun um, second with uh, 15,000. So everyone else was underneath 10,000 at that point. I kind of want to see also um, what Joe Bornstein says in his recap. Uh, he's got a decent, he had a decent total, obviously, but he's totaled as high as 780 which is freaking crazy considering he did 780 as a 19-year-old. I mean, his top end, we're talking about people like Taylor Atwood, and then there's a bit of a gap, you know, and obviously Perk is up there as well. But Joe Borenstein's top end potential at his age, I mean, could he conceivably go into the 800s and, and well beyond and start hitting Taylor Atwood numbers by Tommy's 26? Absolutely. 780 at 19, it's crazy. You know, the, the other person I want to see, I don't know if they posted uh, anything about it or not, but it just reminded me when you said it, and I'm also looking at my list here. And so they were the fifth highest um, grossing person for this whole pro series, the one $8,000, Brandon Petrie. Figure okay. out what happened there. Okay. So yes. And um, I'm glad you brought that up because, so Brandon had posted that he was going to, he wanted to go after uh, Jesse Norris's total. And then um, I talked to him a, a bit of it in the DMs about it. And I'm like, I like as a history buff guy who appreciates like the legends, 
you know, it's been said, nobody knows, you don't get as much recognition as when you break the record. And then later on down the years, when somebody breaks your record and it comes back around and it's like a tip of the hat when you say, do you know whose record I'm going for? And it's, it's a legendary like lifter, like Jesse Norris. And some people from this generation don't realize Jesse Norris was the John hack of 2014, 2015 era, uh, maybe even bleeding into 2016. And he did it all as a junior. Um, by the time he was in the open, he's already gone. And he had like a bunch of back issues, et cetera. So he moved on in life. So when Brandon Petrie is like, I want to try to make a play for this. I was like, man, that would be absolutely huge. Now, in terms of this, um, yes, Brendan Petrie bombed out and, and it is what it is. He, uh, you know, missed one on depth, ended up moving up. And these are, it's tough calls when this kind of thing happens. If you miss a lift on a technicality and then you move up, you can either do a technicality again, or it can be weight. And then it's, it's a different issue, right? You end up backing yourself into a corner a little bit. But on the flip side, if you're the lifter, depending on what you've been hitting in the gym, it depends on how confident you are. If you're like, nah, I could fix this. Let's move up regardless. Um, it, it's a difficult decision to make. Uh, we, we've had these discussions on the air and whatnot. Uh, I mean, it's a 20 kilo jump. So you really are backed into a corner. Like if you missing 300 kilos on a technicality is one thing, but once it becomes 320 and you're you're squatting over, se- you're squatting 705 pounds, now issues can can jump up but in terms of um in terms of him putting pressure on himself and throwing it out there that he's going after jesse norris's record and everything this is sports this is the way it goes you you i mean anybody who's rejoicing that he bombed out after saying i'm going to go after his jesse norris records i love it when somebody throws himself out there and is bold enough to to say what they're going to do before they do it and not wait until afterwards. And sometimes it blows up. Sometimes it doesn't. It is what it is. But the guy's a young guy and he's going to be back. Um, so anyone who's like rejoicing or or whatever, like, come on, man, let's not let's not go this route. You know, this is a uh, celebrating somebody else if, if they fumble. Um, and I do. I'm not entirely sure myself with what happened um if it was because obviously he felt confident literally just the day before he's like i feel so good i think you know possibly jesse norris numbers are available on the day um at the very least he could have been the first guy to dip into the 900 kilo 900 kilo total in the 90 kilo class or was it a cut you know, uh, like, could it have been the cut? I don't know for sure, but sometimes that's the case when you feel great and within a day things change, a cut will do that. That's just off my thought. That's an assumption. That's me guessing. I don't know for sure. But that to me reads like there might have been something like that that might have occurred. Um, because we talked a little bit on off air before we got on here. Like his biggest numbers were slightly over when he's 93 point something, you know? And um, so I don't know. It, it, it depends. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a big thing too. He's not not saying like, oh, I'm going to go for Jesse Norris's record like at a local meet. He's like, this is the Pro Series Finals. There's money in the line. I'm battling against Bob and Ash and all these guys. Oh, by the way, I'm going to go for this record too while I'm at it. Dude, I, I like I like the bold, right? Let's go in. If you're going in, go in. It's Jesse Norris and less. And it should be also said um, to the point of standards, Jesse Norris, when he did the Idaho record uh, meet, it was on pound plates, like uncalibrated. It was on like, these were 
it's not going to be the same standards that Brandon's going under. And then Reebok record breakers. I'm not saying Jesse Norris was on something, but that was obviously untested as well. And under different conditions as well. I don't even know. Did they have a deadlift bar for record breakers? They might've even had, I can't remember this is 2015. I mean, we're going back <laughs> eight years, but um, I can't remember now, but a lot of untested meets have uh, deadlift bars, et cetera. So I don't even know all the standards anyways, are not going to be the same standards that Brennan is going to have to do this under. But, um, I hope he could, whatever it is, he could sort it out because when he's, when he's not worried about if it is cutting, when he was 93.8 kilos, he did 895. And when he was at 90, like he's, his top end strength is there. It just depends on, I'm wondering if something will happen with the cut, something like that. Yeah. I'm not sure how much he walks around that. Cause he had a, that 93 meet was December, 2021. Then for nationals last year, he was at 89. So you would think that he would be walking around lower, but yeah, not sure how much he cuts. And at that nationals, he hit 573 points. So that would put him right there, six points behind Ashton, 10 points behind Bob. So if he had just matched those same numbers, he would have been there for third and, and in contention. So he could have, you know, I guess potentially pulled it more conservative and made attempts and maybe gotten third place or try and pull pull for second place or whatever. But yeah, I guess he had some bigger numbers in mind because yeah, missing the 300 on depth and jumping straight to 320, which would have been a all-time PR for him. Um, you're taking a risk there and and (laughs) jump to a pr without your opener in your pocket is risky and then even if you have the strength for you never know like you might try and like go too deep and like lose your tension or whatever and you just kind of like you know miss it which just seems like maybe that happened and then on the third looks like he tried to adjust to try to cut a little bit higher and stay tight and then got called for depth again and he got three reds it seemed like he wasn't necessarily like when he came off off the bar and saw the three reds he wasn't wasn't like really mad or anything like that the refs and he was kind of just like you know it is what it is so you know it didn't seem at least in that moment that he was like too angry or disappointed or anything like that but we'll see going forward yeah i mean um he's got till september to sort it out i mean obviously like like i don't want to dwell on too much but he's made 90 kilos and put up 882.5 um which is I mean, at the time, it was the number one 90-kilo total we had seen. Now it's number two just by two and a half kilos behind Russ. I mean, he's full well capable. Um, he can make 90 kilos. He's it, It's uh, – we'll see. He's got to do some 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 adjustments. But, um, yeah, I mean, if he ever decides – if he ever decides to go um, up a weight class, holy smokes, can you imagine if he tried to fill out 100 kilos or just be a small 100-kilo lifter? Of course, you got Bob there, and um, they're all coached by the same guy too. So it's like it's tough, right? You, it's kind of nice if because uh, Marcellus has like a ninety kilo, a hundred kilo, one hundred ten kilo. It's nice to have a spread to have champions in each. But as a fan, you get greedy and you're like, it's also nice to see you guys battle it out, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I can see both. If I was a coach of a team, I would say, let's divide and conquer, gentlemen. Let's have, you know, three three champions and, and move forward and three, like not just champions, but the number one in the world in their weight classes. But uh, yeah. any other highlights you think from these? Um... Uh, I was just going to quickly mention for pretty much double everything is we had the uh, fantasy league as well. I put in the points in the tiebreakers, but I want to like go and double check before we do like an official post. But it looks like first place um, on what oh, we're using the tiebreaker is some lady named uh, Meredith Broche had 41 points. And uh, 
she guessed the the tiebreaker was how many total attempts were made. She missed it by one from what I counted. Oh my God. So she who almost... is this lady? Who who is that on point to even guess the attempts made? And then um tying with 41 points and losing on a tiebreaker was actually Joseph Bornstein. So Joseph Bornstein was in the Pro Series finals, does well there, and also gets second place in our league. Wow, dude. I mean, well, he knows his shit. Yeah, and then um Third place was someone, uh, Banana Bread. They messaged me on Instagram. I don't know if they messaged you as well. Uh, fourth place was actually me. So for going into Delos, I was actually in first. And then after the Delos, I fell into fourth place just because the points are all or nothing. You either get it right and get the points or you don't. So it quickly changes on you. And then uh, fifth place, one point behind me was someone named uh, Brendan G, who also messaged me on Instagram. I saw a few people tagging uh, both of us, and it seemed like people uh, enjoyed it. No, I've seen some of it. Um, I've seen a bunch of people start tagging, but sometimes it gets lost in the shuffle because um, KOTO gets tagged in like a, a freaking a lot of posts and stories and whatever. But I do see a bunch of people tagging saying, holy shit, I made top 15 or holy whatever, whatever the leaderboard was. Uh, but yeah, the leaderboard changes quick, man. I seen at one point, I think it was after squats, it was Steve Denovi who was in first and then shuffled after bench. And then I seen you were in first. And then, you know, apparently a shuffle, but you still made top five. Yeah. Like for, like for Steve, he had Sam for third and Gabby for second. So as soon as like, you know, uh, Gabby got, I think fifth and Sam got second, then he loses those points and it dropped them out quickly. Um, for me, what helped me out. Yeah. I had Celine first and, and Sam second. So that helped me out a lot. And then on the men's side, I had Bob first and Ashton second. So that helped me out a lot. Now we got Sheffield. Now, now it's going to come down to the Sheffield Fantasy League, and that thing is getting stacked with people are jumping in. I can see the uh, the link clicks whenever I post it up into the stories. That's going to be a tough one. That's going to be yeah. a tough one. Yeah, I had like someone even ask me about this league like after, and I'm like, hey, well, you missed it. The Arnold's over now, but you can join our Sheffield one. So yeah, people should sign up for this one. We even had still people from outside the U.S. do it. So I see Angola, New Zealand, Sweden, Belgium, Finland, Italy um canada ireland so we still had some you know international people interested on the usapl side and there's a couple of people that were under 18 years old that entered and then the highest i'm seeing is like uh people in their 50s so we had a nice mix of people that entered so it'll be interesting to see though for sheffield for that's international how many more countries uh, we get to submit a team yeah um it gets tough to win when you get so many people jump in though like there are times when i'm like uh like that the highest I've ever been, and it was like over 500 entries, was second. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm a genius. And I, I thought it was always going to be like this. I'm like, holy smokes, do I know my powerlifting? And then you jump in, and a couple key things happen. Somebody loses or somebody misses weight, and all your rankings get shifted, and now you're like scrapping to get into the top 20 and whatnot. But one year, we all made it in the top 20 out of like hundreds of people. And by us, like, I mean, like me, you, Bill, Rory, um, usually we're fairly competitive. In competitive, com I should have fucking retired when I was on top, man, because I should have retired. That's why I need to gain ground again um, for the Sheffield Fantasy, Worlds, and Mega Nats. I'm coming back. I'm coming in hot, and we're, we're going to see what's going to happen. But um, any major story, sir? I know we want to keep it relatively, relatively uh, brief. And high end on this. Is there any other storylines I that we're not thinking of? 
from what I remember, that pretty much covers the main points as far as who won their pro cards, who won their money, some little bit of battles, and then you know, obviously, going to get more people on, and we'll get more details. Yeah, of uh, people who were actually there. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the background stories, we'll start booking some of the athletes and see. We also got freaking Sheffield turnaround real quick too, so it's it's tough, man. We're trying to. There's a lot of bookings. There's a lot of stories to tell. We only had one person on from PA Nats telling their story. Like, we got a lot of ground to cover, so I don't know. We got to really be. It'll be tight. This is going to be super duper tight. We're going to try our best to bring everybody listening um, and reach out to some of these lifters and book a couple key people. And then um, both PA Nats, Arnold Classic, belt off the Sheffield, Sheffield preview show. I'm flying out to Sheffield. I'll be on site doing in-person interviews um, for like a few days leading in with SPD as well as just for King of the Lifts and do cross-promotional with Iron Culture actually doing interviews with them as well with the athletes and cutting uh, content and then the recap shows. And, you know, we'll do a fantasy league preview show as well. Like we got a lot of freaking content to crush my friend. It's going to be busy. So uh, bear with us. We're going to go deeper and deeper. Um, but yeah, time is, time is tough. We're in a, we're in a bit of a time crunch, aren't we? <laughs> my man's. Yeah. But, uh, but anyways, listen, I appreciate it. Arian. Thanks for, for leading this one and everybody listening as usual. Uh, whatever platform you're listening to, please do subscribe, give us high ratings. It's much appreciated. Uh, tag us in your Instagram stories. We will repost those tags. And until next time, six pack lab at six up and we are out.